If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You can't hide. Hello. Oh, you just ruined the intro. Thank you, Cinder. And this is We Say Things episode 12. My name is Suns Fan. Joining me is Cinderin. <laughs> this is the worst intro we've done. But luckily for us, it's sponsored by Noble Chair still. So thank you to them. Uh, as always, this, this podcast is available on Google, Apple, Spotify, everything. I keep seeing comments on YouTube. So where do you guys have it on Spotify yet? I'm like, dude, literally the intro of every freaking podcast we say it's on Spotify. Yes. Now, now that I say that, everyone's going to keep asking just to be funny. Cinderin, how are you is doing, friend? On- thanks buddy really appreciate you uh you waking up for this yeah 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 yeah. no i'm good i'm good uh i'm being told by chat that i look like a hobo today so i can appreciate that good morning everyone um for the audio listeners i can say cinder actually looks beautiful i look beautiful thank you thank you very much would you like to read some reviews Uh, before we get started with the podcast cinder sure thing um I hope my allergy won't mess me up too much today. I'm sure it didn't be fine. last time. I I warned people last time, and then I had no reaction during the podcast. But I had right before, so maybe my mind and my body just goes into like, oh, you're you're on, man. This what are you allergic to exactly? Just the world? Uh, pollen. Grass you should come pollen, to a place where they don't have trees, grass, like Arizona. Grass, birch, and uh, what's it called? You know the very little. Like dandelion dust mites or whatever that you have like all around you in your apartment like if it's dusty mm. you're allergic to let dirt me look up, <laughs> let me look up the word for this yeah it's a, it's so a nikki is actually allergic you, actually nikki gets the same uh, allergies like similar symptoms as you it seems and it turns oh, out called she, dust mites okay like have you been to the doctor before to get this tested out of curiosity yeah i have okay and they haven't offered you any medication or whatever uh, I, I have some pills that I can take that take a bit of time to work, uh, but I, I only really I only really want to use them if it's like bad because they have like a, they slow you down a little bit I think, mm. and I also have a suspicion that they might affect yeah I don't know how well I sleep or something I'm not I sure see. about it honestly it's well, like Nikki... my allergy is not that serious I just sneeze sometimes it's just annoying if you're doing a podcast you know but that's right Nick so Nikki uh, went to the doctor to see what she's allergic to. Because she only gets it like four or five months out of the year for the most part. Mm-hmm. Turns out she's allergic to like three specific trees. <laughs> yeah. So they've been injecting her. She has to give herself injections for like a year and a half to build up mm-hmm. immunity. So in a yeah, year and I a half, she won't be allergic anymore. You should yeah, consider you can, this. You can vaccinate against it. I know. I actually thought about it this year if I should start doing it. I think it takes three years for my stuff or something. Mm. But. Yeah, that's, that's a good investment, my friend. All right. Read some goddamn reviews, Cinderin. Okay. Um, we got one from, wait, why do you, oh, I see, okay, um, we got one from, man, they're all five stars, dude, like, what are we doing I know, right? I don't that's know, great. Like, why do people like this? Uh, if I wanted to hear this much complaining, five stars, by G-dub, I would play NA pubs. That's also my experience with playing NA pubs, so yeah, 
that sounds about right. Um, coincidentally, yep. Sunspan is also NA, and he's the guy complaining on this podcast. So there's probably something about that. I don't actually complain in game, though. To be fair, I'm a, I'm a good guy in game. For the most, you part. also don't play game. You play Dota Underlords. You play a one-on-one -on -one game where you can't chat. You can hit Yo, and you can be very toxic by hitting Yo at the right time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, Believe me. That's very. Keep very going, Cinderin. All right, we got one more from called Pogcast by Keep It Up Fifty. Says ten out of ten best movie review podcast. I don't know what this Dota thing they talk about is though. See, this is something that I would find interesting is <laughs> if you listen to this podcast without being into Dota, I would love to have a comment from you. Like if you actually yeah, if you would, found it without you being a Dota them? fan. Huh? Would you actually believe them? I don't know. That's tough. Nobody to say. lies on the internet. That's true. Uh, All next, right, you do too. You do too, and move on. All right, life changing five stars. This is from Go Forever. It. My brother is a young Danish boy. He's very clean and good, but he never learned how to swim. My brother overheard Cindermen discussing his own swimming experiences and the art of not drowning. We gathered all the bathing animals we could find and tossed them into a local swimming basin. Then my brother drove straight into the deep end. Truly, because of this podcast, my life will never be the same again. So, did he die? <laughs> That's what I took from it. That he drowned. Thank you, well, friend. Well, it says he was finally motivated to learn the art of not drowning. Right. So, I mean, maybe he just didn't learn. That's true. All right. And then the last review oh. of the week we have here for the NA audience, since that's all I can see, as we talked about last week, from DDB Ruined GOT. Uh, good is the title. Five stars. My previous review is not posted. Thank you so much for your great <laughs> review, sir. Really appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> Terrific. All right. Moving on, Sindarin. Uh... It's funny that we've been, I've been getting a lot of comments about how much people enjoy me explaining the NBA to you, by the way. I've been getting a lot of comments uh -huh. about it. Uh, okay. We have more drama in the NBA, Sindarin. Oh, I can't wait for this one. So, Kawhi Leonard, okay? Ka Kawhi? Kawhi Leonard. His name is literally Kawhi. Yes, it's literally Kawhi. Tell me when I can move on from that. Tell me when that sinks I'm in st for I'm you. Still re I'm still recovering. Is, is he Japanese? No, he is not. He's American. So his name is Kawhi Leopard. <laughs> Leonard. It says Leopard here. It, that's a lie. All right. So let me paint you a little picture about this guy just to give you an idea of how dramatic the NBA can be. Okay. There's an organization called the San Antonio Spurs. You've heard of them, I maybe? They yeah, won, I've heard they of won five the Spurs or something. All right. They won five championships uh, over the course of however many years. They're considered like the the creme de la creme of organizations, right? They treat their players right. Um, they end up drafting people in like terrible picks and they end up making them amazing, like Hall of Famers. Um, everybody is very disciplined, okay? It's like one of those teams that's just like, they're the good guys, <clears throat> supposedly. Mm -hmm. So okay. Kawhi Leonard was drafted late in the first round, which is typically you're going to find like a serviceable player. Ends mm -hmm. up being a top five player. You could say it's, you know... Great scouting by them, whatever the case may be. He won so a when championship. Did this, guy get drafted? this was like, wow, that's a good, maybe okay, many years eight ago. to 10 years ago, something like okay, that. Okay. Yeah. So he was drafted late. They won a championship with him and he got finals MVP in like his second year or something crazy. Okay. Would you Last, say he's gone? Would you say yes. he's got less Kawhi over the years, or is he just as Kawhi? No, he's gotten he's gotten more Kawhi actually. More Kawhi. Yeah, and he actually gets this interesting Holy reputation of the, one of the few players in the NBA that is an introvert, which I can you know relate to, and I think a lot of gamers can relate to. Like a lot of these, a lot of people do find that Kawhi, so that's not surprising. 
So, <laughs> like a lot of NBA players are like these macho guys, uh, alpha males, if you will. Kawhi just he's not that kind of guy. He's very quiet. So there was one year he got injured, and he refused to come back. And there was all this back and forth between him and the organization. And he mm-hmm. thought they were trying to force him back, and they thought he was trying to fake it, or I don't know the exact story. It boils down to the fact that he forced his way out. They had to trade him. He said he didn't want to be there anymore, which is like shocking in and of itself, okay, for the Spurs to have a player like that. So mm-hmm. they finally trade him at the beginning of this last season. He went to the Toronto Raptors, who are this team that always fail in the playoffs, always are just get swept in the first or second round. They just every year. It doesn't matter how good but they, they are, always they just get, get swept. There. They always get to the playoffs, but they always get wrecked real bad. So they get Kawhi Leonard, and he only has one year left on his contract. So it's a huge risk for them to trade for him, right? Because they give up some assets, and they get this amazing Mm -hmm. player, but they can't control where he goes at the end of the season. He becomes a free agent. He goes there. They win a championship. They just won the championship like a few weeks ago. First championship ever for the Toronto Raptors, which as a Suns fan makes me very jealous. Very happy, though, Mm -hmm. because that was an awesome run. He then now leaves in free agency to what everybody thought was going to be the L.A. Lakers, which I was dreading. I was hoping he was going to stay with Toronto. But he goes to the L.A. Clippers. And the craziest thing about this, Cinder, which you're not going to understand at all, Uh he somehow coordinated a trade from a player that's under contract on another team. He's like, L.A. Clippers, if you get this guy, which you're going to love this nickname, PG-13, Paul George... If you trade for him, I will sign with you. And that's what happened. So now the NBA is at an all-time most interesting uh, stage I've ever personally seen because you have no idea who's going to win. There's a lot of teams that are really good, but nobody mm-hmm. is like the clear, we're definitely winning the championship. So that is the but NBA if everyone is really good, are they really good or are they all like worse than before? And now there's just not a star team. Right, so the star team got broken up. So you're right; they're not. Nobody's going to be quite as good as that because that's like an almost impossibility. Like that was just. But that's can't a lot be true because the star team didn't win. Because they got injured horribly, Cinderin. The guy at Torres yeah, goddamn yeah, let's blame it on the injuries. Let's yeah, yeah. Kawhi Leonard wasn't that good. It was injuries. <laughs> Kawhi Leopard. All right, yes. moving on <laughs> to Toda Two. Uh, I'm Why surprised was this you didn't... called rant? How is nah, this a rant? It's not a rant. It's just my rant okay. section in case I feel inspiration. All right. Um, Imagine being called PG-13 though. Oh my. Okay. You know what PG-13 is, right? Yeah, it's when movies or yeah. Uh, okay. Is it both mu- movies and music? No, just movies. Or is it only movies where you need to be yeah. 13 plus to watch, right? Yeah. Without parental guidance or something. That's right. So he's he's PG. How would you like to have that nickname? PG-13. And his name is Paul George. He has two first names. It's great. Anywho. Paul George. Yeah. All right. I don't Dota know what's two. worse, PG or Paul George. Well, PG-13. Let's get it right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It could be worse. You could be CP3, Cinderin. That's I another guess. one in the NBA. All right. So okay. I released the Aghanim's rankings. Uh, for those that haven't seen it, sunsfan.gg is the website to see that. Uh, Cinderin, thank you for helping out with that list. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Also, thank you to hard. Brax. Mm-hmm. Please uh, continue. I, I looked over it again after you released it, mm-hmm. and I feel like there were a couple that were very far from how I remembered. So you probably got influenced last minute somehow. And I was like, uh, eh, I don't know about this one. I give don't know me one, one and I'll tell you. Overall, it was good. So uh, now I have to find the list. All right, that's fine. Go look it up while I explain was. something, because I had a very interesting social experiment, I think is the best way to, to come up with it here, Cinderin. 
Uh-huh. You need to listen to this part. This is actually, you'll find this very interesting. So mm-hmm. I've done two AGS rankings before, and obviously this is just like a fluff piece. It's just my opinion for the most part. Of course, the criteria has been different in the past. So a lot of people got like, there's always going to be people that disagree. That's fine. But they would get really angry. And then I'm like, but you don't understand what my criteria is. Because obviously you're rating it like at the time for this specific thing. While I'm think like my criteria is just totally different. Of course, our lists are going to be different altogether. So I was sick and tired of people doing that. I just wanted to be able to filter. I was like, is there a way to filter out the idiots, right? And I found a way, mm-hmm. Sindarin. Oh, really? So in the criteria, which is the big text at the top, which mm-hmm. most people don't read, okay? This yeah. is proof of this now. I put some text in the middle that says, if you add this text to the end of any opinion you have, then everyone that has read this will know that you have actually read this. And the phrase was, believe me, I know what I'm talking about. So if anybody mm-hmm. wrote their opinion and they left, they ended it with, believe me, I know what I'm talking about, I know that they read it. And 90% of the people that raged about anything that was misplaced or things that they thought were completely off base, they didn't add that because they didn't fucking read the criteria because they're dumb idiots, Cinderin. I love this. Huh? This social Big experiment thing. worked. Big idiots, okay, Cinderin? Big idiots, okay. But yeah, there, there was a couple, like, this is the thing about these ags lists, and you know this now, after helping me. Like, mm-hmm. every time I look at it, I'm like, I, this could go up, this could go down. Like, it, it's impossible yeah. to settle on a certain thing. And I think I screwed yeah, so up really bad bother? on, because it's fun. I actually find it a lot of fun. <laughs> Cinderin. <laughs> oh, you got very defensive really quickly. Don't, don't put me, it's very fun, you know. Okay. But I was wrong, yeah. the, there was one about Medusa, uh, that I, mechanics I got wrong, so... That was the big one, oh, yeah. I guess. I remember reading that. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, generally speaking, okay. it's mostly opinion based. I mean, I'm I'm scrolling through them right now and there's like one or two that I think are definitely too low, but it's like, you know, it it really is personal preference too because I think some other players would say no, these are bad. Let me guess Mars is one of them. Uh Bristlebeck. Okay. I can see that. First one. Bristlebeck yeah. is really far down. He's like 105 out yeah. of how many? 117. That's probably a little low. Yeah, and that ags is actually pretty good. Uh, I will say it, though, it, and like I said in in the criteria, most ags are actually just good now, right? So the list yeah. is even more difficult than before. Um, yeah. But a couple that surprised me personally, uh, obviously Wisp. Everybody, all the pros absolutely love this ag, so I had to put it relatively high. Um, mm-hmm. I was surprised that my bias actually worked against me this time, because I've been saying since the beginning I think Pangos is amazing, and everybody thinks it's too low. Even like, wow, okay. I guess I could have put it put it higher if I wanted. How high did um, you put Pango? It was like in the forties or something, fifties maybe. I can't remember. Um, I'm trying to find it. It's oh, yeah, a re- fifty-three. I really <laughs> like, and yeah. one that really surprised me at first, based on description, was Clinks. Clinks is quite freaking good, uh, which pros seem to agree with as well. So yeah. that's what was it? I think we gave it like a six out of ten when we talked about it, and you put it on rank forty. That's kind of six out of ten, right? So I mean. I guess that's true if you look at it that way. Yeah. yeah. It could even be perhaps a little bit higher than that. But anyway. It could be higher. The AGS list has been, it was a lot of fun. It's a ridiculous amount of work and it's obviously just fluff. So thank you all to people that read it. Anywho, moving on, Cinderin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, thanks to No Tail for, (laughs) I should, before we move on, No Tail, oh man. I sent him the list. Uh, Did I tell you this? Yeah, 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 you did, you did. So I sent Notel, this was before he got sick at the major. I sent him the list and he sent me back like a shit ton of notes. And I start reading them and I'm like, oh my God. 
he was writing like all these things, like he was telling me this is wrong, this is wrong, this is an updated blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so I have this spreadsheet and it has all the old rankings from literally three years ago. And that's the one he read. He didn't click on the sheet. That was the current one. He read the 7.06 one, right? Yes. He probably thought I was the biggest <laughs> idiot ever. Uh, and then Weeha threw in a couple uh, notes as well. So thanks to him. Anyway. Did he ever give you an updated, any updated input on the actual one? No. Or the only input he gave because... me was 7.06. <laughs> that's funny. So he, he gave me input on the that's wrong funny. one. And then I was like, oh, that's, oh, I'm so sorry. I felt so awkward. And then he got really sick at the major and then played in the major. And I'm like, all right. So you basically got him sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's uh, great Good unclear work. at this point okay immortals 2 came out cinderin yes uh, they did see they had immortals for dazzle timber saw grimstroke pugna warlock luna and then rares were lion the golden timber golden luna and ember what did you think of this immortals versus uh past ones mm, let me actually just open the client so i have something to compare it to what i was i was opening these crates on my on my stream right now i was talking to people and I don't know. It felt like the day. The day was we all hate Valve Day because Morokai was also oh, we'll really disappointing. Yeah, we'll mm -hmm. talk about that later. But the mindset of the, like the vocal people of the day, were in fuck Valve mode. I think. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so largely, people seemed very negative about it. And I was like, why do people think these sets are that bad? Like it was like people were saying, man, this treasure is so disappointing. I really don't like the sets. All the ones they made before were better. The quality has really gone down. And I'm looking at them like, I think they're fine. I don't know. Like, I wasn't like completely blown away by anything, but I thought they were solid. Yeah. So I was a bit surprised that people really disliked these. I think I gave all of them a score above five. I think I gave them between six and nine. Mm -hmm. And the one I gave the nine was the Ember, which people thought was really underwhelming. I think it's fucking cool. This yeah. is one of my favorite immortals, I think. So uh, I, it's when really I looked nice. at it, like every time, like, you know me, I, I love to complain, Cinder, and that's my forte. If, if yeah. I could have a, a specialty in life, it would be complaining. Mm -hmm. I feel like with every Immortals chest, there's at least one that I genuinely just don't like, whether it be the actual item or the effect. This mm -hmm. one, I liked all of them. So I completely agree. Uh, I thought this was a really good chest. Um, I love, like, Pugna's, fi Pugna finally gets something that looks crazy. I think that's really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Now, it's funny that Lion gets like <laughs> his fifth or fourth immortal or whatever it is. Yeah. So if you put them all together, he looks like a League of Legends character on crack or I something. Ha I have a decked out Lion. So I made this <laughs> analogy with this Lion that I still stand by. When you put out, when you put all the like rarest or they're not all the rarest, right? When you put on all the immortals. Yeah. I said it, it looks like if you imagine you ask an eight-year-old that they you could you tell an eight-year-old you can put whatever you want on your pizza <laughs> and they'll be like oh i want i want gummy bears and salami mm -hmm. and ice cream you know that's kind of that set like nothing fits together it doesn't match at all but each individual piece looks cool and i still have all of them equipped just because i think it's funny but what like, do you think the, it's not very good what know? do you think the reaction would be if that came out six years ago all of those items uh every item well, if this happened like, six years ago. Uh, okay, okay, you need to specify. Do you mean each individual one or the whole deck? The whole deck. I think people would not be satisfied. They would look way too far from original. Yeah. I I think the, the horns make me really jealous. I want to put that fucking head on Centaur now. Like, that makes Centaur look so god-awful <laughs> by comparison, you know? 
But yeah, the, I like the items yeah. quite a bit and the, the effects as well. So kudos. And now for the important part. Did you get Ember? No, I didn't. I got it in my ninth treasure. Wow. That's impressive. Looks and like Gavin's looking after you. And I got another one in my 36th, I think. Wow. Congratulations, Cinderin. Did You're you get the others welcome. as well, I assume? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of each, I think, outside of this. Oh, a couple of... I thought I was lucky. Okay, good. Now, I so the thing is, people are like... I think... I feel like people don't look at the odds that much. And I'm curious about it every time. So when there's like rares or very rares or whatnot, I check the odds. And... Yeah. You just see the wording very rare, and in your mind, you're like, oh, I got lucky because I got the very rare. But when you get to a 20th treasure, which I think is, what's that battle pass level, like 350 maybe, or something like mm -hmm. that, maybe not even, you have a 1 in 6 chance of getting the very rare, right? Yeah. So if you if you know you open anywhere between these like 20 and 40 treasures, you will get every very rare, unless you're super unlucky. And then the only one that's truly rare is the Ember Spirit, where when you open like 25 treasures, you still only have a one in 66, right? So it's like mm -hmm. one and a half percent of getting it on that treasure, and then it's a little bit better every time. So, yeah, feels good yeah. that you can but see yeah. the odds. I think they had to do that for legal reasons because of some country, right? Some specific I, country needed it. It's uh, like Norway or there was something. something I, I think it was implemented in maybe EU law, actually, for. Mm. Um, for uh, treasures or like these loot boxes that you need to be able to tell the odds. I'm not 100% sure. Um, they had it in China beforehand, I think. I seem to remember that it was in the Chinese client because they had laws about it earlier or something. Okay. Uh, so porting it over must have been pretty easy for them to do. Um, I did go back. I got one of these random chests from the Rylai wheel, I think. And you know the button that you press to see the odds, right? This like arrow that curves up next to the rarity. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't press it on that item or on that chest. So I think it's either Valve made a mistake or the law is not retroactive because old treasures, you still can't see the chances. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I think it's only going forward. Something I just noticed, by the way, this is very random. Uh, the, the Dazzle one has two Aghanim scepters hanging down as his hair. Oh, I like, didn't know that. Hmm. Like locks. I didn't notice that until now. That's That sounds cool. Okay, very one last nice. question about this treasure. What do you mm -hmm. think was the... Which one was least impressive to you? Which one do you like the least? Well, based off of memory alone. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious if we overlap. What was Warlocks again? Oh, that was uh, the, the, the lantern. The like rings that are circling around. Yeah. <clears throat> Probably Warlock. Okay. For me, it are you was talking about Grimstroke. the effect? The effect or the no, item? Just the item, the way the item looks. I think oh, Grimstroke was the one okay. I that scored the lowest. I mean, it's still cool, but. I think the effect think is really cool, but yeah, the item, I kind of, I like the item because it's got like this, I know what you mean. It's a little more, more subtle than the other ones for sure. All right, let's, yeah. let's talk about the, uh, the elephant in the room, Cinderin. Uh, and there's a couple yeah. elephants today. One's a hippo. One's actually a gargantuan hippo, which we'll get to next, but this one is Morakai. Uh, people yeah. absolutely fucking hated it. So let's just discuss what it, the mode is for people that don't know. Yeah. Then we'll talk about what people said, and then we'll talk about our thoughts. So it's essentially a regular game of Dota. Each side gets a beast called Morakai. I don't remember even what the lore is at this point, which is, to be fair, it is just a remodeled year beast, I believe. And uh, Yeah, I think so. And these little gems or coins or whatever you want to call them, you can see them on creeps. And if you Essence. kill the creep, what are they called? Essence. 
this, these essences drop from these creeps, and you can see them ahead of time. I call them time. balls, though, so you can call them balls. Good. It's fine. And your yeah. team is supposed to collect as many as you can, and you can upgrade your beast. And as mm-hmm. a team, you, you just do that individually, and it, it helps buff the beast, which in theory, like, that sounds pretty cool. The whole regular Dota thing is a whole nother story, I suppose. But you just play an entire game of Dota with this. It's like a super creep, like the old super creep mode in Dota. It picks a random lane. You follow yep. it. It has spells. It buffs stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So the community, this feels like a dire tide almost. They absolutely hated it. They didn't like the fact that it's a regular game of Dota, just a full game. They would rather it probably be turbo mode or something like that. Um the fact that they're bringing up Siltbreaker, like, wow, look at Siltbreaker, which took all this work, and he put this just regular game of Dota with a couple differences and mm. call it a day. But it's a little bit ironic because people didn't like Siltbreaker back in the day, if you think about it. Uh, yeah, they were... I think we should... I think it's a little bit dangerous always to say people, right? Because it really... Sure. Like, Reddit is... They're people. Yeah, it's true. Some of them. Um, the, the the thing is, obviously, when it comes to like Reddit and stuff, uh, you will have moments of like vocal minority, right? That are really mm-hmm. passionate about it. If, yeah. if there's a group of people that really hate something and the rest are like, meh, okay, then the people that hate it will make a big deal out of it. And the others will not actively argue against it because they don't really care. You know what I mean? Or they don't want to like, get you, downvoted. You don't have like... Yeah, well, you, yeah, or mind. that, like, you don't have that, you don't have, like, that counter force that just makes it, no, man, you guys are wrong, this game is fucking great. Right. Because what I remember about Siltbreaker was that there were a lot of people that really liked it, myself included. I thought it was very fun, and we were a group of people playing it. The primary criticism was that the map was really difficult to play in if you queued alone, because if you got one guy that had no idea what he was doing, he would break the group, because it's like a... It's like doing a hard boss in World of Warcraft and you have one guy who's never played the fight before and he just fucking wipes the raid over and over, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and that's kind of what it was like. So you needed experienced people. But for people that found groups and found people to play with, largely what I heard and experienced was that people actually enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it was not very very well suited for solo queue. So that was a weakness of that mode. Um, about <clears throat> about Diretide, did people not like that? Since you said this was like Diretide? Well, it's like Diretide in the fact that once Diretide came out the first time and then it didn't before people got enraged i'm just talking about like oh, the yeah. the fact that the community feels like it's coming together in anger i see okay um yeah so about this map i think it's difficult i feel like it's difficult to predict because some of the criticism i think in the past from some people right if valve reads reddit and use that as feedback right uh, some of the feedback I think on maps like Siltbreaker has been it's too far from Dota. We want to we, like we're playing Dota. We want to play something in Dota, and Siltbreaker was like an RPG, right? Kind of with like characters uh, going through the world and finding and completing quests and stuff. And um, maybe Valve thought, okay, we're going to take it in the other direction. We're going to try to keep it close to Dota, but still spice it up and make it interesting. And you know. It's it's really hard to predict what the reception will be because I think maybe with some tweaks to this, it could have been uh, received a lot more uh, positively. Mm-hmm. Just the, the concept itself of letting people play Dota. The, the primary feedback I've seen from people is when we play these battle pass modes, we want either something really unique or we want it to be like more casual. You know, They want it to be in turbo so the games are faster because they feel like, wow, we play 50 minutes of this Dota game that's like Dota and then we get nothing. Because... Let's be real, largely a lot of people play these custom modes for the battle pass points. Um, But the points, as far as I understand, when you lose are terrible 
when it came out, they were bugged. So you didn't get your bonuses either. And that's something that will upset people, right? Because they felt like we've waited for this. It's kind of delayed from what they were expecting. And then when it comes out, it doesn't even give the points. So they just feel like time is ticking and they're not getting their points, right? They want to reach a certain amount before the event ends so they can get their whatever sets or treasures that they're trying to achieve. Um, So I think it's just like this clusterfuck of the mode doesn't appeal to a lot of people. Then it was bugged. Then some people were also disappointed in the treasure. Then the point system didn't work correctly. Then there Mm -hmm. was a bug with Lifestealer that just totally broke the game. That was hard to predict. You could infest the... Uh, you could infest the the Morokai and sell its items and get like infinite gold minute 20. And I played one game of this mm. mode and I had that guy in my team and I was like, I'm not playing it again until it gets fixed. <laughs> so I played it one time. Because right. I was like, like, what's the point? It's just stupid, right? That's weird. I played um, Life so I didn't have. So, I must have played it after they fixed it then. Huh. Did you try? Yeah, I try. I picked him just to try to see if I could go inside I and see. like surprise people, infest out. And okay. I didn't think it would be bugged, but I yeah, couldn't click I on it at all. That, Okay, uh, maybe you played it after the fix then. Uh, but yeah, th- there was... All right, so shit, how about so. this? And I think also, we, okay. we kind of mentioned this before, but people also didn't like it based on the pure fact alone that obviously this, let's be real, this didn't really take much time to make versus something like Silt Breaker, which is, like, feels yeah. like a brand That's new game. That's fair to say. That's right? Fair. So what are but your thoughts? Okay, so... Like, I do you agree? Look, I, don't, I don't think... I want to say first, I don't think there's necessarily, like... For me, it's not about how much effort Valve puts into the game. It's about, is it fun? Mm-hmm. Like, if they can make a really fun game without much effort, great. If they can make a really fun game with a lot of effort, great. Generally, there is a correlation between how much effort you put in and how good the product is in the end. But, like, if they could have made a simple re- revamp of a-, a different game mode from the past where they just changed some things and spiced it up a little bit and made a great game, awesome. Like, I don't necessarily want them to invent something crazy every year. That's not a, a problem for me. As far as this mode goes, like I said, I only played one game. I didn't find it particularly interesting. Uh, something I really disliked that I think a lot of people were also upset about is that <clears throat> the map has a lot worse FPS, which is actually just annoying. Uh, mm. I think I've tanked 50 FPS on performance or something because of the rain weather and uh, something else going on. I was streaming at the time, but still. And it like, uses, the, Dota, it uses the Battle Pass terrain as well mm-hmm. and the the uh, Dark Willow announcer pack. So I think a lot of people also were kind of turned off by this. Like it was almost like an advertisement. It felt like to some people mm-hmm. from like, these are just battle pass things and we're forcing you yeah. to use them almost. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think back how I would rate this compared to other custom events. I think my favorite events in the past have probably been Silt Breaker. I really liked that, uh, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people didn't and I have no problem with that. Um, right. I liked, what was it called? Wraith Knight. Is that what it was oh, called? The, the tower defense one. Yeah, was, was super so good. good, which Frosted was was kind of a revamp of, but I actually, in my memory, Wraith Knight was a bit better. But Frost mm-hmm. of Us was still great, too. Uh, what else have we had? Dire dark, Tide is probably... There, there was so, the can, Dark Moon. Oh, I love Dark Moon. Yeah, so I think Wraith Knight, Darth, Dark Moon, and there was a third one that was similar to those that I really liked. Siltbreaker, I wasn't a big fan of just because I'm just not an RPG guy. That's just... We've yeah, already talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, I never liked Dire Tide at all i didn't understand why anybody liked it and it's funny that people get mad about morakai because dire tide technically was kind of like the same thing if you think about it in some ways right it's very similar it's just a game of dota and then it has a little twist yeah um i guess the expectations have gone up or changed right because dire tide was the first custom mode we got yeah that's that's fair and And it's funny when finally they brought it back people were like eh i guess it wasn't so good anyway it wasn't so good to be (laughs) with 
So <coughs> my reaction... I think if they put in the game, now people wouldn't like it very much. Yeah, of course. It actually might even be a mod right now. I don't know. But for my reaction, Morokai... Uh, so usually I'm the very negative one. I'm actually going to be a little bit more positive here. But I'm going to start with the negative parts. Obviously, it's a game of Dota. So that's a big turnoff, I think. Because I really like these mini games like Wraith Knight, for example, and Dark Moon. Those are like oh, top wait, tier for me. Somebody in chat just said Under Hollow was good. Where would you rate that? <clears throat> Which one was Under Hollow again? that's also kind of Dota-like. It's the one where you uh, you play in groups of whatever. Is it three or something? And then you it's this battle royale where you clear rooms and find items. And then it's about being the last team standing in the end. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that was, was okay. last year. Was that last year's battle pass? Yeah, yeah, that was last I year, think. I think. Okay. <clears throat> I would okay. still rate that below the other ones, like Wraith Knight and Agreed. Soulbreaker. Yeah, I love just yeah. the, this boss fight kind of stuff. I don't know. Yep. Like, anything. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Marokai. So the fact that it's it's just a game of Dota is a big turnoff. Uh, super creep, you know, been done before. But I thought it was actually, like, for what it was, it was fun. Yeah, it's kind of low effort. I had fun with it for the most part. But to be fair, I, I played two games. I'm probably never going to play it again. I have no interest but that doesn't mean it's bad necessarily because uh, I feel like that's the case for most of these modes for me other than the ones that we've mentioned that I played a lot of. Um, but I think people are overreacting a bit and this is why. Let's say, let's just say, even though it's subjective, let's just say it's a fact that mm -hmm. this is a garbage mode. Okay. How many people, and I know there's going to be some, but I feel like it is the vast minority of people. When you buy this battle pass, how many people buy it for something they don't know anything about other than that's going to be some game mode? How many people actually buy it for that sole reason? It might be part of the reason, but it's not going to be yeah. a sole reason. And I, I feel like this this battle pass has the best quality stuff. Like it's the it gives you the most bang for your buck by far versus any battle pass in the past. Yeah, this mode's kind of shit, but everything else is god tier so far, right? Like the axe I mean, yeah, that's a very high level, but uh, I can only think of a couple things that are kind of meh, like the Dark Willow announcer packs, kind of meh, but pretty much everything else is super top tier and better than any other year that I remember. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is just whatever, like <laughs> kind of an overreaction, I feel like, from the community. But maybe but some yeah, people are depends. really looking forward to it. I don't know. It depends what you, what you care about the most, right? And mm -hmm. I guess to an extent... Um, it's like if if you have this expectation that you go into this battle pass that okay Valve is going to knock it out of the park this year they're going to do a great job and all the stuff that you're pointing out is good is cosmetics right mm -hmm. so it's the art team that has done an excellent job right uh, more than anything um, and maybe people feel like from the um, Maybe they feel like it's kind of a development that goes, I, I don't want to say lazy, because I don't know if it's the right word, but like it's going in a direction where the only thing Valve is adding to the game is hats and there's not much else being done. It's like a culmination of multiple problems. Like the icing on the cake was that around the time Morokai came out, the servers were unstable, people couldn't queue, they were not getting their status updates from their games, they couldn't see their ranks, like integral parts of the game were just broken at the time as well so it's like you know this avalanche of everything is just going wrong mm -hmm. and the one thing that looks really good in comparison of course and which i 100 percent agree with where the cosmetics of this year are amazing um but maybe maybe some people really dislike the tendency that it feels like well all the good stuff and all the work that goes into this that is mm -hmm. impressive is hats and we want content 
No, and most people want hats, so that's why the Battle Pass <laughs> is selling like crazy. But some people, which are probably a vocal minority, really care about getting extra content and care about, you know, it's almost like this feeling it, with a relationship with Valve where you just, you want to see that they're trying, you know? You mm. want to have that feeling that, man, they love our community just as much as we love ourselves. Uh, so that you're like, you, you feel like the developer is part of the community. And when you look at other games... Uh, the great example right now to look at that where you need to look only in-house would be Underlords, which gets tons of communication, lots of updates, uh, lots of like, I, I don't want to say maybe Easter eggs, but just like <clears throat> funny things. Uh, it's like, there's a world they're, of difference. And to be fair, though, that they're in their honeymoon phase, right? Sure. For Underlords. But it's what people are going to be looking at, right? They're like, Valve is yeah. a company. They're developing primarily these two games right now that we know of, uh, and CSGO, of course. And there's just way more happening in Underlords. So what people are saying is, man, Valve surely has just let this Dota 2 ship sail. Now all of their team is working on Underlords. I don't really think that's how it's working out. It's speculation, but I you think know, it's it's the comparison. People want, you know, they want that all I think the time. We, we can kind of nip that in the bud for the most part, that the whole idea of Underlords being, like the way that Valve is structured, I can understand from the outside perspective when you read like their uh memos or whatever those things are called to actually explain what the the structure is like at valve it's not actually 100 percent like that you're not taking dota 2 team members to work on underlords if anything it's artifact i mean let's be real like <laughs> nothing's guess. really being taken away from dota 2 i can almost guarantee that uh mm. but yeah you make good points and i'm not saying anything's like nothing's black and white like if every if most people don't like this mode fair enough but i mean at the same time if it never came out would people really complain based on how much is already coming with the battle pass in general, right? Uh, I th I think it's because of the way it gets advertised, right? It gets advertised as, as a one feature, of the like a big of the yeah. compendium, right? True. Like when you when you buy the compendium, it's like this game mode coming out later. This you know in the battle pass, it's like a lot yeah. of people felt like we bought this as part of the package. It's like I don't know, you you buy you buy a, a seven pack of whatever, and then one of them is just moldy, you know? Then you feel like, okay, well, it's still, the six other ones are good, but I didn't buy this for the moldy, you know, ice cream or whatever. Right, so, so if they had sold it as a six pack, you would have been happy. Ignorance is bliss is what I'm trying to say, I mean, right? If they would have never advertised, no, that's the, that's, the, that's the problem, right? If they didn't advertise a game mode, if they just decided we don't have a game mode this year, and they just yeah. shipped this without this or even advertising it, people were like, Man, Valve is so lazy. They're not even putting in a game mode this year. No, uh, it's like you can't win unless the game mode is good and you make it. I, I disagree with that. Actually, I think if if you we could go back so? and they never, I mean, some people would sure, but I don't. For the most part, no. If they just never mentioned, I bet most people would forget about it. Like Silkbreaker was very, like you said, a lot of people liked it. I would say most people mm -hmm. were pretty meh on it. Honestly, it was not a popular mode. Uh, it felt like more I, of a I don't niche know the thing. Numbers. I don't know the numbers. It, and I it think, could be that it's just like a small hardcore community that really enjoyed it. That's entirely right. Possible. And that could have been like a, a really cool, like, again, I'm not a big RPG guy. I just like the idea of them using that as kind of a test bed to see if perhaps in the future they want to make an actual Dota 2 RPG because you have this amazing IP in Dota 2. You can just make, I mean, we saw Artifact card game and now we're seeing Underlords, whatever the fuck that genre is. And I'm sure you could do many other games. FPS, I want to see Axe, FPS, Karate Chop somebody with an Axe calling blade <laughs> sounds amazing but <clears throat> i don't know i think it's yeah. overall it's still a pretty big overreaction though that's i understand your points and i'm not disagreeing with you there's like i said it's not black and white but the reaction is a little overboard i think personally and that's coming from me a big complainer so i don't know mm -hmm. i mean the mode is pretty yeah. meh 
but a lot of them have been met in the past in all honesty so uh oh, before we move yeah. on do you think there's anything they're going to do about it predictions are they going to change anything mm -hmm. up are they just going to pretend nothing happened <laughs> like what's the best move uh, from valve i think there's I mean, definitely the first, something they do right i don't they think bug they fixed it. right they hot fixed the life sealer issue um oh boy. they fixed the battle pass points problem so they're definitely like they're fixing the bugs mm -hmm. but i don't know if they're gonna like update the mode or give it like a little bit of an overhaul i i'm honestly i'm not sure so I, it's also, I would say, I think like, that, I don't know what you do to appease people with this mode now, right? Because maybe there's nothing you like, can do. I think maybe you just come out with, and this is what Valve has been kind of doing with other games, at least. Maybe they just make a press release and say, "Hey, sorry, we, we're sorry we didn't like it. Either this is what we're going to do to fix it, or we're just going to give you a bunch of free battle pass points. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever they want to do. Yeah, I we'll think see. they probably make a post about it, but we'll see. All right." Moving on to... Re so we talked about the elephant in the room. This yeah. is the hippo. And I know hippos are technically smaller than elephants, Cinderin, but let me tell mm -hmm. you, hippos are more dangerous by far. So okay. in in that category alone, I consider them the biggest of the big, all right? They're the, the creme de la creme. TI-9 yeah. qualifiers, I want to talk about your thoughts. First of all, congratulations for qualifying through the Open. Thank you. You went undefeated with the terrible, terrible name of Anti-Mage, I believe. Is that it's correct? It's a good name. Didn't hey, you like the name? I think it's great. Give me uh, give me the reasoning and story behind that before we talk about the real drama here. One of our players is called Mage. So it's like, and then we're just called Anti-Mage. Like, we don't like that guy. Okay. And story we spelled was worse it than I like thought. his nickname. Okay, thanks, it was worse Sandra. than you thought? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe that's what you're going for. <laughs> well, how we was your... name. Nobody could come up with anything. They were like, let's just call it anti-mage. Yeah. I mean, like names are actually the worst. Let's be real. I came yeah, up with digital it, chaos, so I can't talk. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, so how was your experience with the those qualifiers? Uh, as always, um, I don't, I've never really liked the open qualifiers, but in a way, they're kind of a necessary evil. Um, mm. There's a couple of things that I dislike about them. So first of all, it's like a long series of best of ones, right? And that is what it is. If you're a good team, you should win out against most teams. But uh, when it comes to seeding, uh, brackets can get a little bit interesting because let's say there's six good teams that are playing for one slot. Inherently, one side of the bracket will be easier than the other one. Uh, and it's best of ones. So you could have two of the favorites face off in a best of one on the way there. And then they just don't make it, right? Mm -hmm. One of the teams doesn't. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is the lobbies are random selection. There's no coin toss. So the game, when 10 players join, it just starts. And it's wow. random who gets Radiant and Dire. And it's mm. random who gets pick priority. You don't know before the game begins. Huh. So if there's a version of the game where it's considered that Radiant first pick is best, you could just get unlucky and get Dire second pick <clears> five <throat> games in a row. Right. And perhaps in the end, you will lose one game because of it. And then you're out. And that also really sucks. Even when we got to the best of three playoffs, it was still random selection every game. We didn't even, at that point, get to do uh, side and pick selection, which I I really disagree with, uh, mm. especially in best of threes, where you can, you know, like start mind gaming your opponents a little bit and strategize around how they picked last game, you know, all this stuff. That's usually a part of the game was just taken out. Don't like mm. that either. Uh, and then finally, the one that I think got the most attention this time, uh, there was one of the qualifiers where a CIS stack was smurfing. Uh, they made Smurf accounts the day before, and they signed up for the qualifiers, um, and they knocked out a couple of teams before it was discovered that they were CIS stack, and then they got disqualified, right? 
but the fact that you, for example, on our way through this open qualify bracket, we claimed Defwin, I think, two or three times because we looked at our opponents, we checked their profiles, it's like, okay, these are five CIS players, we don't want to play this game because they're not allowed to play the qualifier. Right. But they still get to sign up in the off chance, and I believe the reason they let this happen, instead of just auto-DQing every team that has three plus CIS players, is, well, what if it is a team with four European players, but two of them are just playing from Russia because they're visiting family or friends or, you know, whatever it could be. Like, you can't, you can't auto-DQ based on, ac- based on current region because it doesn't necessarily correspond to where you live, right? Right. You could just be boot like the opposite there, in theory. Exactly. It's like the opposite argument of the team like Aachen who have four CIS players, but their org is German, and they've been playing in Germany for, like, months. So then they would have been auto DQ'd for being CIS and they were completely eligible to play. So right. it would be like case by case. It's just annoying. Um, and the thing that sucked is that we basically, we, the qualifier started at four, right? I think our first game was at 7.30 and you're just sitting around waiting because you have to wait for the previous games to finish so you can claim your death win against the in- inevitable CIS team that you know you're going to face. Then you DQ them and then you wait and then you wait again. And then you finally get so it's just so much waiting and sitting around. It's actually it sounds weird, but in a way it's more exhausting than playing. No, I, I know exactly just, what you mean. You're just, I do that all you're day. You're on, but you don't get to do anything. You're yep, just there. I, that's and, my every day. I know. Yeah, that's it's draining. <laughs> and that's what followed by is like, right? Because you're right. always waiting for the previous match to finish, and yeah. Um, as far as the servers went and the like, the platform uh, face it is the best one. I think it works well. It's just these like changes would be really great to see. So we don't have, because imagine this, let's say there's a 512 team tournament, right? And just to make it an extreme case, let's say 200 of the teams are CIS that are ineligible. And a lot of teams this time signed up because they didn't find the CIS qualifiers because it wasn't advertised very well in the platform. So they mm-hmm. joined the wrong one and just played it. Wow. They basically extend the tournament by a full round, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody else just gets now to sit and wait for DQ'd matches, and it just sucks, right? So the days actually got really long because the, there were so many teams signed up. I think there were like 800 teams or something in the first one, wow. and a lot of them were not allowed to play. So, yeah. But you made it, Cinder. Congratulations, friend. We did, yes. Thank through you. trials we and tribulations. Yes, you beat out those yep. CIS default win teams all day <laughs> long, baby. We did get to play some games toward the end, so that was fine. So getting to the hippo, as we kind of yeah. alluded to, and I need you to, I'm going to tell the story and you correct me where I'm wrong because I just recently learned about this a couple hours ago. Okay. So <clears throat> um, in the CIS qualifiers, Team Gambit, yes. which if you guys remember, was the team that was literally one point shy of qualifying for TI instead it was Alliance, right? Yep. They Gambit. They to win that best of three. Right. They need to win the best of three at Epicenter. So they were playing a best of one. It was at the end of this, uh, the non-playoff stage to whoever gets to the playoffs of the CIS region. Best yeah. of one, correct? Mm-hmm. Versus who? Was it uh, uh, Windstrike, I want to say? Uh, let me see what their last best of one was. Uh, Vega. Oh, it was Vega. So in a best of one yeah. versus Vega, basically the winner goes to the playoffs for TI qualifiers. Loser does not go to TI 100%. In the middle no. of the game... Okay, this is where I'm wrong then. 
Okay, so this last about? game meant nothing to Vega. Vega were 6-0. Oh, okay. They were guaranteed first yeah, yeah. place, and they were just playing for it. But obviously, they could knock out Gambit, which is great. Yeah. So they played for that. Okay. So if on. Gambit wins, what happens in theory? If Do they Gambit get in, or is it a tie? If Gambit wins game, they get into a tie for third, I think. Or for second, even. It might have been. Okay, so that either way they get in, because it's top four that go through, right? Yeah, but it would have been a four-way tie for second, so they might have had to play like serious okay. amounts. Okay, so let's just make this. Let's yeah. just forget about the uh, <laughs> the details and just say, if Gambit wins this game, they go to TI qualifiers. Okay, most likely. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the game, I don't even know what the net worth discrepancy was. Afa Ninja dies on I want to say it's Slark, Morphling. On more, oh, he was Morphling and turned into Slark. That's why I thought it was Slark. And he types GG. Quits the game, and the team concedes. Just like that. And the game was not over yet. He had buyback. What am I missing this here, Cinderin? This was not the last game. It was earlier in the tournament. But the thing did happen. Like, I checked the... Did I, I get every detail wrong? Uh, not really. You just mixed up two <laughs> things, kind of. All right. Um, Tell me the actual it was, story, then. It was in their series. I believe it was the game against Windstrike. Wait, okay, it was against game Windstrike. Has a That's... Slark in the storm. Yeah, it was against yeah. Windstrike, uh, but okay. it was not the final game. It was in the... I think after this game, they were either 3-2 and two or 3-3. Three and three. But uh... they were 6k gold behind. Uh, Morphling is in the enemy jungle, gets 4-man ganked, is completely alone, pops all his defensives, BKB, turns into Slark, tries to get away, fails, dies, and then just calls GG and quits. And that game was absolutely not over. Yeah, okay. And when this kind of thing happens... That's the important thing to think about. It's not just you lose the game. It's how does this affect the team for the rest of the qualifiers? Like, mm. morale. Do you trust this guy? When you're making calls in the game, are you, like, subconsciously worried that, oh, we have to give this guy a good game because if he doesn't get a good game, he's just going to tilt again? Like, this kind of shit just breaks teams on almost on the spot. And I feel like even if Gambit would have lost that game, but they would have just played like normal, they might have gone through because maybe they would have won one of their last games. They were not themselves against Fly to Moon that they played later at all. Like yeah. it was not pretty. They, I, I mean, watched these that guys, game. It was some shit. Dude. These guys are so. they were by far the favorites to win this. Like by far, I would yeah, venture to favorite. say majority of people will probably pick them in their compendium, including myself. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this in past podcasts before, Cinderin. The the idea of momentum and like the team mental health. I don't know. You can call it so many different things. Yeah. It is so important. Rage quitting in the middle of such an important game when the game's not even over yet just kills everything. I think you're I, exactly I just, I right. Can't, I can't I can't get into the mindset of doing that. I just it's, can't. I can't either. I, it's I, it's like people I, I that go even though this is a completely different level, people that like run down mid, for example, and feed, I will never understand that mentality. This is on a TI level scale. This is the thing you've been working for the entire year. The game's not technically over yet. You have buyback. You said it was 6K it's not even differential. It's to over. Yeah. There's been like 10 times bigger comebacks like at this, TI games. This is the biggest tilt rage quit I've ever heard of in a professional game of this stature. And I don't want to speak for anybody that's like, all I can say is what I would do as an owner of a team. That guy is kicked so fucking hard if I had control. There's not even a question. Like, that is the most toxic thing you can do. Like I'm Somebody, sure that team is just dead now, though, right? There's no way they're gonna. People drew some some analogies to what this would be like if it was in a sport, right? It's like mm. you're playing basketball, and somebody misses a shot, and he gets angry, and he just walks off the court. Right. And, and the just, closest thing—it's funny leaves, you, you know? say that. I was like, saying this on stream. Uh, like, 
I was saying, there's no way, no professional players ever just quit on their team. Like, wait, LeBron James has actually done this several times in the finals, actually. <laughs> he just gives up, like, you can tell. But he doesn't literally walk off the court and leave the team. He's just lackadaisical, and he just sucks balls, and he gets bailed out by Ray Allen. But this is a whole other story, Cinder. I know you're not interested. But mm-hmm. this is like, yeah, I, I can't even fathom. Like, I can understand getting super tilted, super angry. Sure. It is never like a consideration to quit the game. I mean, even this example that you bring up, was it LeBron you said? Yeah. Yeah, it's like even that is softer than this because like the analogy if you were to draw a sports analogy the best one i can come up with i think is it after two or three red cards in football that you auto lose the game i'm not sure which one it is but let's say your team has whatever amount of red cards it is for a disqualification minus one okay Mm -hmm. and then you can still win the game like let's say it's even it's going to be hard but you can win and then you just have a player who's like fuck it and goes and tackles the 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 judge you know or the what's it called the referee Right, mm-hmm. he just goes and tackles the ref, gets a red card, and he's like, "Fuck this, man, I'm out." Like, that's that's the scale this is because not only are you personally giving up like LeBron is, but you're just the game is over when you call GG. Like, you sacrifice your team, you call GG and leave. You can't you can't play. Yeah, the rest of the team can't be like, "Oh man, whatever, we'll just play on us four. Like, you can't do it in the rules. If you call GG, the game's over. So. Like, I don't. I don't know what you do to mitigate that situation. Like, what can I? Don't think you even within I mean, the rules can say sorry. He was angry. Pause. He'll come back in a moment. Just wait for him. His fake GG call. Like that also looks like total shit. Too. Right. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Like, I just, as a teammate, I don't know what you do honestly. Ugh. And it's it's gonna I mean, be so so crushing for like, them honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, just by doing that, you kind of as you talked about, they they just weren't the same after that. Like. If you play it out and you lose, let's say you just lose that game anyway, but you play it out, mm-hmm. yeah. guarantee that you're going to be playing better in the next games because the toxicity is just not to that extreme. Like that is as toxic as it gets. I I, I don't even know how to talk about this. It's so ridiculous. It's, I can't believe this actually happened. I actually had somebody uh, in the chat, and I don't think this is the case. I just want to bring this up that some people might mm-hmm. view this as a potential. Like how could you get that tilted could he have been paid to lose? I'm like, that doesn't really... <clears throat> I can understand where they're coming from, thinking that, like, how ridiculous is that 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 actually enters your mind now as a possibility for something that makes mm-hmm. more sense than tilting? But there's, I don't think there's any way that that happened. It's just... There's no excuse, though, regardless. That guy... was Who is it? Afa Ninja? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I Like I said, I just, I just can't get into that mindset. And even if you're having a total shit game and you're really angry and you're just... If it was a pub game, you were quitting on the spot, abandoning. <clears throat> That's one thing. But these are teammates that you have worked with for months, built this team with, gone to tournaments with, had good placements with. It's like this, like, it just seems, it seems like you have no respect, kind of. It's so weird. Like, at least play for your teammates' sake. Even if your game I... fucking sucks and you're just ready to leave, like, at least give them the courtesy of trying to win the game or play. Oh boy, Cinderin, I need your permission to talk about something. Uh-huh. Um I can think of one other time this something similar to this happened at TI. I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I think Are you okay I with me saying? Oh yeah, you can say it. It's many years ago. <clears throat> okay. So, this is actually maybe this is more unbelievable. Now that I'm so shocked that this didn't come into my mind at all when I thought about this, how ridiculous this entire situation was. This might be the worst situation of toxicity and giving up on a team that I've ever heard of 
at TI. This is qualifying for TI. What TI was this? TI2, I think? The TI Alliance? Two. Uh, oh, not Alliance. TI3 or TI2? You sure? This was TI. I mean, if we're talking about the same instance, we're talking about my team, right? Yes. Yeah, that's TI2 main stage. Okay, so I should probably tell the story because you. I don't know if you even feel comfortable, but you can tell me where I'm wrong. I don't, at least. I don't mind. You can tell it first. I'll tell you if you're wrong. Okay, well, you enjoy okay. doing that. So TI2, who was on your team? It was you, Kabop, and who else? Uh, fucking Mad, Sokshka, and Funzi. Okay, so at a certain point in the tournament, which you can fill in the details after this portion, I end up, like, I don't even know you at this point, I don't think. I think I know of you, but I don't think we've even met at that point, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I could be I, wrong. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, and I'm kind of, like, I wouldn't say I'm new to the Dota scene, but I'm new to the competitive scene, at least, like, knowing people. I'm in the, like, lounge area that they had at Benaroya Hall, and Kabop comes up to me, and he starts smiling. I, I guess he knows of me from Dota Cinema or something like that, and he starts bragging about how he hates his team, he thinks everyone's garbage, and that he's just going to stop playing, basically. He's, he stopped trying in the last game. Like, what do you mean you stopped trying? And the whole time he's like laughing about it, like this, like he's very, it was kind of an arrogant um, attitude to have, I suppose. Uh, And he was very happy about it. He was proud of himself that he would literally use in TI matches, official TI matches on stage, he would play with one hand on his mouse and not even use his keyboard. He would play like, I think it was, was it Venomancer or something like that with literally one hand? He played Venom. So what did I get wrong? That is like literally unbelievable at TI. So what happened was I think halfway through that game, it looked really bad. We were far behind. And the way I remember it, he just started going to a side lane with Venom and like giggling to himself and just playing Plague Wards and not play with the team at all. He just gave up, you know, in the middle of the game. Uh, And is this in like an elimination match or? It was an elimination match. It was the best of one on the main stage. Um, Best of one. Oh my God, that's so bad. We we could realistically not have won that game, but you know there's always the chance. And regardless, even if it looks like total shit, you play till the end or you concede, right? Like you mm-hmm. you give up as a team, you're like, we can't win, GG, congrats. Or you play not only for the sake of your chance of winning as a team, but also for the sake of the game, right? Like it's there's just something there's just some authenticity lost when a player isn't trying. Like yeah. why would you stop trying? Like I don't I don't understand. Um, I mean that's that's on a like a ridiculous it's, it's, scale too. It's crazy. Right? It's crazy. It's 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 a similar situation. It just show it shows something about people that when you get tilted or upset or whatever it is, like some things can just happen, you know. Uh, like I don't know if you you if you just lose control, and you get it back later, and then you feel like an idiot. Uh, like maybe Afo like regrets it like crazy. Maybe he doesn't. Like I don't know. You're talking about but, temporary insanity. <laughs> is that what this? I, I mean, I don't know. It's just I, I can't get into the mindset. That's the thing. I cannot relate. That's why it's so hard for me to talk about it. No, I agree. I can get I upset, right? I can I can get upset in my games and be like, man, fuck, people are playing so bad. And sometimes in pubs, I'm like, okay, guys, are we gonna play or not? Like, I'm ready to give up. If you guys want to give up, it's fine. And then you just call GG and you go AFK or whatever. But I'm not gonna like sabotage my team or just abandon a game or you know like this. I just I've never done it, so I can't relate to that mindset. I know a lot of pros that play at really high levels will abandon pubs once in a while because they're like this is hopeless. Right. And I've, I I'm way more forgiving about that than if you're in like a team where there's way more at stake. 
it's with players that you've put a lot of time in with. Like these pub players, maybe you've never played with them before. Maybe you have like no relation to them. I still think it's bad. Like I'm not going to say abandoning games is good, but you know, it's like, it's just a totally different ball game, right? It's a different right. like level of seriousness or whatnot. Uh, but, th- but this, I just, I just, I just, <laughs> I just don't get it, man. I really don't get it. And it's crazy. And at TI, no, uh, no less. And that, again, like every TI Somebody is... else in chat. Uh, somebody in chat, I think it was Toby, actually. Toby was in chat a moment ago, mentioned, just remember PGG and not turning up for a TI group stage game. That has also happened, actually, in the past. I think What's it was the Moscow context? 5. Uh, I think Moscow 5 were just too late for their game. They didn't wake up. They were drinking the night before or something and didn't wake up. <laughs> something like that. I'm not saying this is a stereotype. I do believe that is what actually happened. I could be wrong. Like, maybe they just overslept or whatever it was. But I remember Moscow 5 getting a, a default <laughs> loss in a game for being late at TI. Like you wouldn't believe it. Like when you think about what's That's at stake, funny. what people are playing for, how much we dream <laughs> of going there. This yeah. shit actually fucking happens, and it's that's yeah, that's it's that's unreal. Like wow, that's crazy. All right. Well, that brings the Dota section to the to an end. Um, yeah, that's that's quite a bit of drama unwrap, and I yeah, I I, I really wonder what's going to happen to Gamut because one point away from making it to TI. And they don't even get to go to the qualifiers now, essentially. So they're playing the playoffs. All right. Uh, I guess we can briefly go over the Dota Underlords patch from this last week. Uh, We do have another podcast, actually, um, that's going to be starting to be posted on Dota Cinema as well, where we talk about this stuff in detail. I'm guessing you haven't played since you're uh, hardcore Uh, Dota. I played a game last night and won. What what alliances did you go? Uh... Three warriors, six mage. I think I had an end. Oh, six mage and, is the dream. and a tide. Oh man, that's a sexy, sexy beast. So they came out with a few items. Uh, they came out with a new Lord of the the White Spire, which is past Big Boss Five. So you get your little number there, and you can see here it's kind of like Legend and Hearthstone. So that's cool to see. So people have been grinding that. Uh, four staff pushes a unit six cells in a random direction. I think the consensus right now is that this is pretty bad, but situationally okay because you can kind of remove a unit that needs to be next to another unit but it's random so it's kind of bad yeah uh scythe of vice is actually quite good uh it's you equip it to a hero and the first enemy that attacks him will be sheeped for four seconds or pigged actually in to be exact this seems like a really good item for backline against assassins right Sure, it's just good in the front line as well against like any hunter that's hitting you from the back because they'll probably hit you first, for example. Yeah, or uh, against if you have a setup where one of your units, uh, where your your board is placed so that you can probably focus fire and kill the unit within four seconds. That's really yeah. That's right. and I think it's really good in one v one situations as well, actually, because if you're like the last two, you can actually see where your board is set up against another guy, and you just position and it your more unit. Than once? Uh, yeah, there's a cooldown for it, so. Uh, okay. I don't remember what the actual cooldown is. So that's cool. Okay. Yep. There's now big time contract, which I tried today. It's hilarious. Uh, when you equip it on a unit, that unit becomes bloodbound in addition to their other alliances. So bloodbound basically means oh, wow. bloodbound is like a super memey thing, right? You have ogre, magi, yeah. and warlock. Those are the only two bloodbound units. When one dies, every other bloodbound unit gains a hundred percent attack damage. Okay, and this stacks. Yeah. So you get like a level one ogre, a level one warlock, and then let's say a level three ogre. Those two level ones die, and that big ogre gets 200% essentially. So you can add that buff, or you can add that alliance, I guess, to any unit, which is really cool. This, 
This seems super strong. If you're playing Warlock anyway to have the Warlock Alliance, yeah, then but... you can also get the Bloodbound Alliance. Yeah. With this. It's the problem is you have to have right. Ogre though. That's kind of the issue. Do you? Yeah, it's why? Oh no, that's true. That's true. You don't have to have him, but it makes it more yeah. uh yeah, that's true. You can true. have one or the other. You can have Warlock or Ogre yeah. plus this item, and then you get the alliance bonus, right? You have to assume yeah. that. So yeah. getting the item is kind of a big if, though, obviously. Uh, but yeah. it is really cool. Like seeing it on a Terror Blade, for example, late game, it's kind of disgusting, actually. So that's cool. <laughs> um, Shaman's got changed, as we kind of talked about last time. It now requires three instead of two, which is a big nerf, which means Arc Warden, Shadow Shaman, and the newly minted Disruptor. Uh you need to have all three, and then any enemies affected by hexes, silences, or stun will generate minus 200% mana when attacked, which, I mean, that sounds pretty strong, but the problem is you have to have all three of those units, which they just don't fit together. So the mm -hmm. consensus right now is it's not very good just because of shamans. Um, and a few other things were changed. I guess we can talk about a couple more. Shaman Pluck. This one's hilarious, actually. I tried this earlier today. So it's a global item. And anytime you have a shaman that's attacked, before there was a 5% chance you turn the enemy to a, a chicken. Now it's 17%. Yeah. What I got, a random number, huh? I got two of these, Cinder. 34%. Oh, wow. Anybody attacking my disruptor turns into a sheep. It's pretty funny. That sounds um, really strong. Yeah. And we'll talk about a couple more changes that I think you would actually like these a lot. So Blink Dagger is amazing now. Think about this. Yeah. So much. when you equip a Blink... You blink to you know an area that's open on the other side of the, the chessboard or whatever. You gain 50 mana immediately, which is huge yeah. for people like certain heroes like Axe. How much mana do you think Axe has, Cinderin? Most heroes have 100. 50? He has 50 mana. He blink calls right at the beginning of a round. It's really mm -hmm. cool. I like it a lot. Um, coordinated assault. Cool is so low that you can probably use it twice. Yeah, in a lot of cases you can, <clears throat> unless you die right away. But either way, it gives like an extra three seconds for your backliners to do damage and whatnot. Um, oh, I was thinking if you put it on like, for example, an assassin or whatever that gets to the backlines, then they just dagger instead of blinking like or jumping like they usually mm -hmm. would. They quickly get the mana, they sl they kill off one of the backliners, and then 15 seconds later they can activate again on the dagger. Like something eh. like that, I don't know. For an assassin, not sure that's not good, I don't think, because generally they don't really don't. need mana. And I mean, I'm, just, I'm thinking about who you want to, who can blink to the back line and blow things up with mana, right? Tidehunter. <laughs> well, Coddle has 150 mana capacity now, so it's actually really yeah, bad on him. Too much. Yeah. Uh, I've tried I it on like yeah, Terror Blade before. Like he's just jumping from one person to the other. That's not very good. Think about this one, though. This one is a bit of a meme. Arc Warden. You put blink on him, he blinks, gets half his mana. Attacks yeah. a little bit to get his mana up. The Tempest double gets created. That Tempest double blinks. That sounds strong. And you just keep going and going. It's pretty interesting. Oh, wait. So, the Tempest double can use the dagger too? Yes. It just goes over okay. and over again. That sounds pretty fucking broken, actually. Not gonna eh. Lie. Arc Warden kind of sucks, though. So, I don't know. Oh, he got nerfed. Okay. Nah, I wouldn't say he got nerfed. He's just... He was never that strong. It's a bit of a okay. meme. Yeah. All right. And then the last couple things I guess we'll talk about is just the rework to... I guess we just finish up with with warlocks. So warlocks before were just a static. Um, wait, did we talk about this last week? No, I don't think we did. Don't know. Uh, it was a static or just a fixed amount of lifesteal that you get for warlocks, which is really boring. So they completely got rid of that. Now, whenever you have two warlocks or four or six, 
and they cast a spell, they form a link with an ally who has the lowest HP for three seconds, and either of those heroes dealing damage heals each other for 50, 100, or 150% damage. Uh, so that has been like the biggest change by far because now everybody runs warlocks. Everybody. You always want to have two warlocks now. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, still getting used to the meta, but uh, some really cool changes. And I think this week, Thursday, they're coming out with a big patch again as well uh, where they might be putting in, I heard some rumors that they're testing the 1v1 mode that I wanted, Sindarin, which I'm oh, really excited about. So interesting. should be good. All right. So that is Dota Underlords. And now we get to the fun section, Sindarin, as always. Let's see how many of these we can get to today. Uh, this question is from, is it SS Super Linus, I want to say? Yeah, let's say that. He's, he tweeted at me and says, in We Say Things, could you guys maybe theorize about possible future mechanics that could be implemented into Dota? Example, talents, bounty runes, etc. Something that will change Dota's playstyle more or less. Do you mm -hmm. think there's any, do you have any cool ideas that you would like? I have one idea that I thought of that mm -hmm. could be done is, you know, we have Roshan as the big boss on the map. Yes. Uh, we could have a second boss that was not <laughs> as strong as Rosh and dropped something less significant. Okay. Um, and then instead of dropping the Aegis or Cheese or whatever, he could drop a shop token that you could trade in for an item. And then there's a couple of items that you can use the shop token on. You can't sell the token, so you can't get gold for it. And that means you need to choose what hero benefits from the item that you get out of this. Like, let's say the token can be used to buy a Staff of Wizardry, a Blade of Alacrity, or an Ogre Club, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Then, Ogre Axe, you need to choose which of your teammates gets the token because it progresses them towards their item. Uh, You're not kidding. That's... That that I mean I'm not saying it's good. No 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 no. I thought you implemented. I no. thought you were making fun of me at the beginning because of the whole two Roche thing. That was my idea to begin with, or not my no, idea, but that's I've been pushing like, for that. I I see people in chat being like, "Do you want League of Legends?" Because I I know in League they have like they have Nashra right, which is their Roshan, and then they also have like <laughs> mm -hmm. a, I think it's the Dragon, and then when you kill the Dragon X times, your team starts getting auras or buffs or something. I don't I don't know exactly how it works. It's after I play it, but. Um, I just when you look at the map and the like the layout of it, you could imagine being able to implement something more than the Roche. And I don't right. want two Roshans, right? And I, I, I think, I think this is one way. It's also another way. If you look at the way the game has been developing, right, over the last three years, Dota has tried to encourage PvP more and more and more, right? They have made uh, Roshan more important because he started dropping extra items. So you really have to fight for this Rosh. If you concede it to the enemy, they get too strong. In the past, you would have teams turtle so hard they didn't even need the Rosh. You could just right. defend high ground with whatever. Uh, because even if the enemy team had an Aegis, it didn't fucking matter if your high ground was strong enough. But when it starts having Refresher Shard and Aghanim Scepter, you know, the discrepancy becomes so big, you just can't just give them away. Then right. we've had Bounty Runes to encourage people to meet up and fight in the river and around the runes every five minutes, action happens on the map. So if you think about, like, the tendency of the game, you could add extra objectives that people would want to fight for that influence the game. And I don't know if the Shub token is a good idea, but I don't think having another objective to fight for is, is a bad idea. Mm. I think you could find a way of changing the map and placing something that isn't Roshan tier, but still, you know, worth fighting for. And maybe it spawns every like five minutes, maybe every ten minutes or something. And it gives okay. something in the game. Interesting. That people want to group up for. So can you guess what mine is? Because I've been saying the same thing for literally eight, nine years now. 
There's several mm. things actually. I'm trying to remember. So before They're I say anything, not very important. Well, that's what everybody deems it until it's put in. <laughs> this is my problem. Okay, I have a very big yeah. pet peeve. I make suggestions, uh -huh. and it's not like these are unique ideas. These are stuff from other games sometimes. A lot of them from Han. Make suggestions. People shit on it, including pros and personalities. Then mm. Ice Frog puts something in that's almost exactly like it. And people are like, oh my God, it's so cool. Oh my God, wish, wish, if only we had this early. I'm like, dude, kill me. So <laughs> a lot of these have been put in the game already. So I'm going to mention stuff that has not, that I still think could actually... And a lot of these are actually for the benefit of newer players. I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that, but I think the experience for new players is very, very, very poor, more so than pretty much any game in the history of gaming on this level at least mm -hmm. getting into this game is super difficult so i think making some concessions on my skill cap uh, i think could be made for the betterment of uh for our game and its future mm -hmm. number one uh i think and i know you're going to disagree with this because it does change gameplay a little bit i don't think secret shop should exist anymore just let us buy fucking everything at the shop for god's sake i'm so sick and tired of it it's just this extra complexity there's so many items in the game i know this changes a little bit but just get rid of Secret Shop, please. You can you can change it with an outpost. I don't have a problem with that, actually. Really? I don't think that's that bad. Yeah. Wow. Because uh, I have some I mean, more hardcore ones to come, Sindarin. I got three. So you don't have a problem with that mm -hmm. one. That's interesting. Okay. N not much, anyway. Like, wh what's the reasoning? Is it just to make the game easier for people yeah. to use the shop? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I feel like that's such that's like one of the easiest things to learn. You try to buy your item in the shop and it pings on the map where the secret shop is. It's like go here, here you well, buy it's your also, item. And I know it's that like, people don't want it, like a know? turtling meta and this kind of helps you turtle a bit because you can buy anything at the shop and the whole idea is mm -hmm. you need to venture out. I understand that. I don't think it's I think it's a little I, overrated I personally. I don't, I don't I think it would change the game less than you think. Actually. Okay. But All right, it number would two definitely be a change. So that's the yeah. baby step, okay? I got a second yeah. step, and I have a fucking giant one. Okay. Here comes second the big one. one. Remove shops entirely. The second one, which okay. I know you will not like. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I'm not saying I care anymore really about this. It's more about the, the new player experience. Coming from Han, for example, showing enemy mana bars would be pretty cool. And I know this changes a lot of things for some heroes, like Kunkka. Is ev everybody always brings up Kunkka. You can't... An cancel animation torrent guess what yeah. han han had kanka in the game and he was balanced so there's ways to balance around this i feel like yeah it's 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 re it removes some complexity but and anti-mage becomes some... op he can see my yeah. mana yeah that's not really the problem <laughs> um it's just i think something that dota has been putting a lot of emphasis on in general as a game in its history is the ability to outplay right mm-hmm and I think the more information you present to each player, the harder it is to make these outplays because everyone has all the info all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know. I, I clearly like that one less than the other one. And I don't really think it makes the game that much easier to play for beginners okay. that they can see the enemy mana. I just, I don't think it makes the game better, honestly. Because, yeah, maybe, yeah, you can see the enemy's mana, but he can see yours too. So it's not like, it doesn't only favor the new player. In many situations for the new player, he will be favored because the enemy doesn't know his mana, right? Mm -hmm. So then he can be the one making the cool play where the enemy gets surprised. Right. Like, oh, wow, we had enough mana for this, you know? Yeah, no, um, I agree. I, so I, I I'm not like, like, I'm not so super, much. like, I don't care that much about that one anymore. It's more, again, as a new player, I know that's something that, 
Coming from Han, I definitely missed it first. Coming from other games, I would assume that they would miss that as well. Oh, All right, the somebody third wrote one... something in chat that I really agree with. Can I just mm -hmm. mention that? Yes. I think that's a good idea. Give each team a courier in the start of the game. You don't have to buy it. I have zero problems with. I mean, this that's happening. I think it's right? That's going to happen. Yeah, it's the been getting cheaper all the time. Now. now it's like it's fifty, right? But it's like it, why? I'll tell you why. Because it's cosmetics. You want people to want to buy the courier because they want to use their cosmetics. That's literally the uh, reason. Well, then they could break. Then they could bring back courier morph, right? That they implemented and then removed. Nobody liked it. Well, okay, then they can't bring that back, I guess. <laughs> I All right, and then the big one, Cinderin, okay. which I know every pro I've talked to if, has... Okay, what if... Listen to me, hear me out. Yes. <laughs> what Stop if teasing the courier me. that spawned... Okay, wrong word. Okay, just hear me out, not listen to me. <laughs> hear me out. What if when the game starts, the courier is just assigned to a random player, so there's a one in five chance when the game starts that you are the owner, and therefore you get to choose what it looks like? How about that, then? So it's going to be artifact. So no, but technically, when you buy the courier, right in in the game, if you have like a cool courier you want to show off and use in the game, you're not going to buy that courier if you're the carry in the game. You're going to buy it if mm. you're support. So the people that lose, if you will, on this are the people that always play support and always buy the courier. They get less representation of the cool courier, mm -hmm. but the people that play core might suddenly get interested in having a cool courier because now their courier could be shown in the game. So like overall, I actually think it would increase the how much people care about couriers. All right, Valve, because you heard it here first. Shown, Cinderin, right? I don't know. They, they need to make a courier in your honor with your face on a donkey. Okay. Or just use a donkey. As long it's as I get proceeds thing. for it. I had no problem with my face being in the game if it makes me money. Let's go. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so the last one, the big step, Cinderin, and I know we've talked about this literally eight years ago at this point. Make the map symmetrical. I didn't know you eight years ago. Uh, close to it. Make the map symmetrical so that both sides are the same. You have two Roche pits. Roche alternates Super spawns disagree. in each. Mega, mega disagree. I know you disagree. I think this is really good for, for new players because if you learn like to pull or stack in one side, you'll automatically know the other side. Um, the Roche alternating, I really like that idea personally. That's probably the bigger one for me. Just having the, the Roche pit on each side of the map so oh, you so don't know which one. one. Like he's, well, you can do it any way you want, but in theory, he spawns in one, which is random to start with, and then each time he dies, he spawns in the opposing. How the about Roche is like a two-phase boss fight, and when you get him to half HP, he digs under the ground and appears in the other Roche, <laughs> and you need to go and kill him there. That's pretty good. What do you think? That's, yeah, I think uh, that's great. You I'm, need, I'm sure, you need to I'm be sure separated. No team, there's no team that ever wants to start Roche, because then the other team is just <laughs> waiting in the other pit to kill him. That's, that's pretty okay. good, actually. So nobody kills that's Roche. That's, you could just delete yeah, Roche and make the same it. effect yeah. out of it. All right, so why I don't you like the symmetrical? Be... Okay, so I think... Again, well, let me, tell is, you, this... let me tell you what most people tell me that I disagree with. I'm not saying I'm going to yeah. disagree with what you say, but the thing that I definitely disagree with, people think it becomes stale. I don't think that's the mm -hmm. case at all. Because no, what makes the game interesting in lanes is not the fact that they're different. It's the fact that every hero composition is going to feel different because there's so many heroes in the game that do so many unique things. So that point I completely disagree with. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't agree that it would be stale either. I just think it, it, again, you do the, like, if you want to make it an equation or whatever, is this, like, simplicity worth the, like, the, the flavor that you lose, right? Mm. Because what it ends up happening if you if you mirror the map and you make everything symmetrical, like you said, is that it suddenly like 
how you place your lanes or how you move or like how you itemize or something it changes the everything in the game because specific spots that are good for something are now gone or exist on both sides the way you choose to take fights the way you try to bait your enemy into a, an unfavorable position that is only there on you know like there's just it's it's i get the idea that it's maybe complexity that's a bit complicated for new players to deal with that the map isn't symmetrical but at the same time the game is so hard that this is like the smallest problem for new players compared to how much depth it adds at a high level. It's like, if you make the map symmetrical, that's not what's hard in Dota, in my opinion. It's not that, oh, there was a tree here and there isn't one on the other side, or, oh, wow, there's a high ground here. Like, you can see it. And beginners mm. are going to make two million mistakes rather than, oh, I walked into the wrong high ground. Like, that, that's... It's something that is really appealing and really cool for skilled players, and that I think makes zero difference to beginners. Like, I actually don't think it matters. If you don't think Radiant versus Dire makes any difference? For it beginners. makes a big difference on a high level, but for beginners, if you, I think if you mirror the map, I don't think it will change that much about the win rates. I think if you're talking about how Radiant has a much higher win rate in all skill brackets, I think it's because of the nature of how you play the camera, and maybe I, I don't think it's because Radiant's map is better than dyers it has different strengths well in uh, some patches it is though right yeah especially it, in the past of course it's hard to, it's hard to balance like one side will be better than the other and then you rebalance it just like some heroes are better than others and then they get rebalanced but if you completely mm -hmm. mirror the map entirely and take that part out of the game maybe for the sake of balance it's good in terms of the like it is identical to play radiant or dire then if you even flip the camera so dire is playing from bottom left as well is that what you're thinking right. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the same camera view. Mm -hmm. Definitely, that would it would change win rates for sure. But I I just don't think I I don't think it makes the game better. Can you give me like just for, one specific example of how it would be bad for pros? Just out of curiosity. Um, all right. Let me just start a game. Oh, great. Can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know because this this what's interesting about this is we've had we've talked about stuff in the past and I'm like man this doesn't sound good and then it gets implemented and it's not so bad after all like things like yeah, cooldown exactly. reduction spell amplification these things yeah. where people are just you know you're just used to something like I have to tell um, you there are so many features from Han that have just been slightly changed so it doesn't look like it's a carbon copy that are now in the mm -hmm. game that people love so it's yeah. just interesting like whether you agree or disagree that's fine I'm not mm -hmm. saying I'm right by any means right it's more about it's it's just interesting to talk about how uh well first of all i think there was a big stigma before where people just didn't want stuff from other games now it's not as prevalent i suppose since I there's only that. one yeah. other game but you can learn from other games that's what dota of has course. done like talent trees you think that they just made that up that's from literally like heroes of the storm had that's that heroes shit of the storm yeah so that was a great implementation i have no problem with talents i thought it was a good addition to the game yeah but like i said um, like if i brought that up a week before it came out, most people would say it's garbage. That's my Actually, point. You know what? I'm I'm not going to give you a concrete example of where it's like game breaking or makes a huge difference for the teams. It's just like let's just use the argument of what it feels like to play in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're playing the game and both sides are identical and there's like no difference between it, I just feel like the gameplay. It's not. I don't buy the stale argument, but it. You know what I mean when I say it. It's like it loses flavor on like these like areas or subtle differences in the map where mm. you can do something cool and the enemy team can't or no, I, I understand you, know, you have this little yeah. advantage here and they have this little advantage here and a lot of the time when it comes to dota right the thing i love about the hero balance of this game if we can expand the argument a little bit you know you could 
you could you could take the argument and also say, well, we should balance the heroes so that heroes are more similar, so they're less there's less differences, right? And they're more I mean closer this, to each other, right, so it's more balanced. Don't no, listen, give me that slippery slope no, no, mentality crap. Because because the reason I'm the reason I'm saying this is that that's how League has historically balanced their heroes, right? Like yeah. they have balanced heroes around streamlining them so that they're closer in strength, and then something is a little bit better than the other one, and therefore it's the best hero. Where mm-hmm. in Dota, everything is broken, and therefore, you know, like every hero is imbalanced in its own way, and that's I, fun. It's because I no under- matter what no, hero I you agree. play, you have these cool moments, right? It's not a slippery so, slope. That's what I'm saying. Things have already been added over time, mm-hmm. but. I mean, these are big changes, though. I won't. I won't lie. Like those I, are not small this, things. This, to me, part. is the feeling I have about this map: is that the differences and the places where one team is stronger than the other or has advantages. That's that's Dota. That's the game. Is about outplaying your opponents on the strengths of your composition and your map mm-hmm. compared to the other teams. Uh, and I just I feel like that is a really integral and big part of the game. And I think this change for me compared to everything else you've suggested in the past, with like. I don't know what you suggested in the past that got implemented with like, uh, I think maybe you suggested spell amp or cooldown reduction in the past to me, where I was like, I don't know, maybe well, this one an is... Im- implementation I, of a, like a shrine, strong. for example, was definitely yeah. brought up before. Not exactly the same, but similar. Mm-hmm. I just, I think this is a much bigger no. I mean, I'm, I'm still going to play the game if they put it in, right? Like, of course, it's not like, a, right. oh, I'm going to veto this game, but I just strongly believe it does not make the game better. Okay. That's, that's my opinion. Well, that was I my more hardcore something. change anyway. So yeah, that, that one is escalation there. Okay, interesting. Uh, we can do the opposite just quickly. I saw I saw a comment in chat that I very much agree with because you know we've talked about things that have been implemented that people liked, mm-hmm. and in the end they were big fans of. I would love to remove status resistance. I think it's an experiment that was put in the game, and I think it failed. I don't like it. I don't think it's good. Really? Uh, Why? I know it gives. It gives like the player other options and more like in a way complexity with item builds and stuff you can do, but it has inherently just really shook up the game in a direction that I think it's one of the primary reasons that hero balancing has been difficult uh, hmm. lately compared to in the past. Because imagine you build this game where you balance this game about around spell strengths, spells damage duration for yeah. ten years. And now suddenly you enter a mechanic that can change the way every spell in the game affects any hero. It's really, it like, it takes time for people and the pros, like all players to get used to, but it's like the way this influences the game, I just, I don't think it makes the game better. Like you could imagine a lot of things you could put in the game that you could put in and you could play with and the game would still Mm -hmm. work, but it doesn't make it better. And to me, this is one of them. I have never been a fan of the status resistance and I still don't like it after playing with it for months. I think. Interesting. You can wow. do something else to, if you feel like stuns were getting OP or whatever, there's many ways you can deal with it, right? Instead of improving, getting this like status assistance, you could have uh, damage well, reduction items, which we don't have very much of. Isn't that a way to um, just say, like, I, I, the way that I think about it from a very broad standpoint, the reason status resistance was put in is because the mm-hmm. only way to really do anything about spells is to get a BKB. It's BKB, BKB this, BKB that. It's like the only item. And status resistance, you can get it through items or through skills. I mean, yeah, I kind of like it. I personally don't think Aeon Disc is a bad item design. That's a way of breaking a stun combo, right? Like you have an Mm -hmm. item that gives you damage immunity and purges off a stun. I have no problem with hard dispels. That's a counter to stun. Like you could make items that have hard dispel and make them expensive. Something like this. Or, you know, you could have more items with lesser dispels like Lotus Orb is also a great item. I think it's really fun and it adds a lot of, uh, of plays to the game. Status resistance, it's just... 
maybe this is a bit of a bad explanation. I'm not sure if you're going to follow this argument. Do you feel like it adds a play in the game? I feel like status resistance doesn't add a play. It takes one away. Does that make sense? It makes the game easier for people like me. So it adds it, that that's play. How, that's how I feel about it. It's like you're not really... <laughs> You're not really counterplaying the opponent as much as you're just nerfing the way their heroes work. No, that's, that's a good item. point. Yeah, in, in no, I, I get that point. Uh, yeah. Whereas Lotus Orb is, you know, a skill item. You you, you trick your opponent. You surprise I mean, them. You reflect Let me put it spell. this way. If they deleted status resistance, yeah. I wouldn't really... It wouldn't even surprise me that much, honestly. It's yeah. not like an integral part me. of the game, right? Yeah. They can balance it in any way that they choose. Uh, for me... If I could delete one thing that was put in, it would be Lion. Fuck that hero. Hero sucks. God, lion I hate playing against I hate playing against that you hero. Dude. Remove lion. <laughs> dude, Impale oh, always hits. Or Earth Spike, it's called now. Always fucking hits. Mana Drain is like 10,000 goddamn yards away. Whatever you want to call Yards. Oh. Imperial system coming for you. Units away. And it slows now. Like, what is this garbage? This hero is the worst. Okay. This is like the easiest disagreement. I think. <laughs> What the fuck do you mean? If you I hate that hero, Cinderin. Remove, remove techies then, man. Like, what the hell? That's true. Techies is... Uh, There's no way. Well, let me put if it this way. If you remove any hero from Dota, <laughs> it's a given that that's that hero. There's techies... Like no, it's not even close. But for me, I don't know about your games. Techies isn't picked that often in my games. Lion is literally games. every... I have to actually ban him every game because I just cannot stand really? people playing this hero at my I level, mean, which is not I good. I guess it's, but... it's, it's a fun support, right? It feels like you're it's fun to deal damage okay it's fun no, to kill it's, shit. no it's and the slacks mentality it's mental warfare you're tilting your opponent by being the most annoying fucking hero in the entire game other than that's techies. techies that's techies <laughs> other than techies lion is not even top 20 on that list i think for me top 20 good Lord. he's not even up there there are way more heroes that are way more obnoxious you know than that. all right let me put but this I mean, on a list really for later related right Tier list of most annoying heroes in the game. Okay, we'll do that in a future that episode. That sounds fun. That sounds fun, actually. I, All right, so I we're think we're going to disagree so hard. That's going to oh, be fun. I'm sure Lion will be number one. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that brings this episode to an end, Sindarin. We got a lot of topics uh, to go in the future episodes, so we will save those. Uh, yep. Any last words for everybody out there watching, listening? Um, have you watched you hate- uh, In Bruges yet? No, I have not. I have not watched it. Okay, thank you. Um, I think my last word is: if you truly think Lion is the worst <laughs> hero to play against in the game, just keep playing the game, and your opinion will change. That's it. Thank you. The reason you hate this hero is because you don't play the game enough. Cinderin, just because I'm a god at Underlords and Artifact, <laughs> okay. Doesn't mean you can talk down to me like a scrub. Okay, I'm I used to be five k years I think ago. My win loss against you in artifact is pretty good. When we what? Played. That's a b- b- complete bullshit. I'm gonna message somebody in artifact team right now. Do it. Wait, there's nobody. All right, until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Suns fan and Sandra signing out. Oh, I feel bad now. Oh no, that's like <laughs> that's like putting down an X that I still love somehow. You know. Oh. Dear God. All right. Goodbye, friends. I'm so sorry, Artifact. I'm so sorry. <laughs>